I think we're there now. I, I, I don't know. When uh, Pastor Jeff mentioned that we were uh, going to have some uh, cool weather tomorrow, I heard someone kind of scream out over here. I, I don't know if it was one of our Canadian friends or not uh, that's thinking, you know, I came to Florida uh, to get away from the cold, but how many of you Floridians, uh, sort of like myself, are man just high-fiving, jumping in the air right now for some cold weather that's going to roll in? We believe tomorrow. Amen? Are we good with that? I think we are. Uh, so just bear with us, Canadians. We're Floridians. We, we, we uh, uh, embrace these days that are right around the corner. Uh, and Pastor Jeff did mention, man, it's hard to believe uh, that uh, this time next week we will uh, come together uh, as a family, as a church family, and it is um, the eve of, of Thanksgiving Day. I mean, it's, it's, it's right here upon us. Um, and, and it's Thanksgiving. Uh, here's what I know that Thanksgiving is, is just a week away. Uh, but there are some, some in the room uh, that are already focused, uh, intently upon Christmas. I mean, Christmas music is playing, uh, Christmas movies are being watched. I, I even saw someone that posted where their Christmas tree, uh, as a matter of fact, my own mother has her own, her Christmas tree up already. And, and, uh, and you know what? As a lover of Christmas, which I am, I'm okay with that. And, but I think tonight, I think tonight that we spend some time, uh, we're going to celebrate Christ and his birth for uh, an entire month. Uh, but I think tonight I, I want to focus in on uh, just having a, a heart of gratitude and allowing that to kind of be our focus and say, man, Christmas is great. Christmas music now is wonderful. Uh, you know, I listen to, I personally listen to Christmas music really kind of starting uh, over in March. I'll get a little splash and then in April and, and the summer. And just, man, when we, we hit uh, probably about October, I'm just all in. I love it. It's just good, good music, right? I mean, you can't go wrong with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Joy to the World. Come on. I mean, Christmas music, it's good. Uh, but I got to tell you, an article was sent to me as I was preparing, uh, preparing my message and listen to what happened. Uh, I, I don't know just uh, how true this is, but I thought it was hilarious. And it says that playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving, now a federal crime. It's easier. Here, here it is. Listen, I, I'm going to read this because I don't want to miss anything. It says it's easy to focus on everything going wrong with our country, so much so that we often don't stop to take a minute and be thankful for the good things our leaders accomplish from time to time. It says take the most recent legislation passed by Congress. For instance, as of Tuesday, it is now a federal crime to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Any store front, home, or radio station playing songs like Baby It's Cold Outside, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, or Last Christmas is subject to immediate search by federal authorities who have been instructed to arrest the perpetrator on site and bring him or her to a secret CIA facility for questioning. It says, upon conviction, the suspect is subject to up to 20 years in federal prison the move passed the House with a historic unanimous vote of 435 to 0. Now, how many of you know that the, the, the article just fell all to pieces right there when we said that we had a unanimous vote of 435 to 0? It says, skated through the Senate with an, another unprecedented vote of 100 to 0 and finally was signed into law in the very same day by President Trump. Mm. 
At long last, we can all unite around our hatred for being forced to listen to sappy Christmas standards. Months before December 25th, a congressional representative said, while we may all disagree on just about every other social issue of our day, at least we can come together on this. It's great that our country can finally agree on something during these tumultuous times. This article, The Source, our very dear director of IT here at Victory Church, Mike Gelbecka, please show Mike some love. I mean, come on, Mike, really? But here it is. We're almost 400, 400 years uh, since the very first Thanksgiving that took place. And over here on the side, we have a, a table that has been set. Matter of fact, a table that probably looked very, very similar to something that was put together in 1621. Uh, this table uh, probably looks, it looks just like someone designed it. Matter of fact, a family in our church did put this together, handcrafted designs by Judd, and, and it's, it's for purchase. If you're looking for your Thanksgiving to make it just right, and you say, man, something's missing and I need a picnic table for Thanksgiving, you can purchase this table tonight in the lobby. Uh, and that's all seriousness, but I, I'm going to tell you, on the table, there are some items that were at that very first Thanksgiving. Uh, you can see the, the centerpiece uh, the turkey. Uh, turkey was uh, just running all over the place uh, whenever they celebrated the first Christmas. Uh, not only was turkey there, but they, uh, they say, and you can read in the article, that the table was just uh, full of seafood items in addition to turkey, and that the Wampanoag Indians also brought five deer on the day, and they celebrated the entire Thanksgiving weekend, that first Thanksgiving celebration here in America says that the pumpkin, they would take the pumpkin and hollow the pumpkin out and then fill the pumpkin with milk and honey and spices and then set that pumpkin inside of just white ash fire pit and let it cook down until it was a custard. And then, and then the corn, they would take the corn and take the corn off the cob and begin to just mash that and pound that to where it became a meal. And they would add again honey and, and then boil it down and add some spices and it would be served as a, a porridge. And so those, those things were there at the very first Thanksgiving. But what was missing? Here's, here's something that's interesting to know that at the very first Thanksgiving on the table, what was missing were forks. They didn't have forks because forks at that time were used and traded with the Indians. And so when you step back from the table and you look down at this first setting on this side, you have a cup and a wonderful plate, but there's no fork. Uh, I, I can tell you that we fast forward now to where we're at today. How many of you are grateful that we've kind of expanded on the recipes and now not only do we have pumpkin, but we have pumpkin pie and we have pumpkin supreme bars that are available. And then of course the corn. How many of you are just fans of good corn casserole with corn mix and melted mozzarella cheese over the top? Come on somebody. That's what I'm talking about. And not only carrots, but we have carrot souffle that's on the table. And, and in my house, I got to tell you that for me, if I were setting the table, it would be a red solo cup day with paper plates and we'd be good to go. But Kelly's not having that. Kelly's not having that. On that day, we get to wash and we get to wash and wash dishes and wash dishes some more because she says, you know, on my table, we're not going to have, uh, uh, we're not going to have the china missing. We're going to make sure that the table is set properly. 
And many of you guys can say uh, tonight the idea is when you step back and from, uh, from the next few days, over the next few days, and you say, man, what's missing What's missing uh, as we roll into Thanksgiving? And the idea for the message tonight is gratitude. Sometimes we can get caught up in the busyness of the holidays, even Thanksgiving, and knowing that tomorrow we roll into the week away from Thanksgiving and we begin to prepare. We hit the grocery stores knowing that all the sales begin tomorrow. Public prices on turkeys roll back. Uh, I can tell you that Aldi once again will open tomorrow for you Aldi fans. And then, of course, Walmart has everyday low prices, so it doesn't matter. You can walk in there and you begin to, to garnish and gather all of those items that you'll have for that Thanksgiving day. And then you'll step back and you look just like Kelly and I do, and we look at our countertop and we say, okay, well, what's missing? What items, what ingredients are missing? And my challenge for us tonight is to say that as we enter into this Thanksgiving week, that we step back and we say, man, there's one thing that will not be missing, and that's just an opportunity to show gratitude. When we gather around the table and you look around the table and you say, man, I'm grateful for the family members and the friends that I have that are gathered at this table. And to be able to walk over to a wall and, and hit a switch and to be able to have electricity and that there's light, to know that there, there are friends and family members and brother churches, sister churches that are in the panhandle and they don't have that convenience or that comfort coming this Thanksgiving. We're blessed to be able to go over and just hit a switch and all of a sudden that there's electricity. We have a lot to be thankful for. But one thing that we need to be mindful as we begin to make our way through that day is that we show gratitude to the author of our lives. And that we take the time and that we're able to say, God, I'm grateful for you and who you are in my life, that you sent your son and that you redeemed me. I can tell you that there have been moments in my own life to where I've missed that mark, to where I've stepped to the line and I've said in, in my own marriage, early on in my own marriage, to where there's so much stress and, and there's so much tension, even within our own marriage years and years and years ago, to the point that it almost broke to where I'm crying out, tears rolling down my face, driving down the road and saying, God, you need to do a miracle in my marriage. God, you need to do a work in my life to transform me. God, I need you to show up in, in my business. And God, I need an, an answer to prayer because payroll is right around the corner and you know exactly what we need. And then God begins to answer prayer. Miracles begin to happen. And I've been there to where months, if not an entire year goes by, and I'm quickened within my spirit by God and it it hits me that I never went back and really properly showed gratitude and thanksgiving to the God that restored me, to the God that redeemed me, the one that saved my marriage, that put my home back together, that opened the door for employment. And it was just kind of a, a shoulder shrug in the moment. And, and I missed the mark. Some of you, that may resonate with you tonight, that you've, you've gone before God and with great intensity and a sense of urgency, and you, you've said that prayer, God, I need a miracle. 
I need a miracle. And you've made your way down to the altar, which is what you should do. You've gone to your, you've even expressed within your small group, guys, here's what's going on in my life right now. I need you to come into agreement with me. And the tears are flowing and the phone calls are happening and the texts are going back and forth. And then God shows up. And we quickly kind of make our way on to the next day. And we're celebrating with our friends. But we don't necessarily, it's kind of an afterthought. God, thank you once again. And you just kind of continue on uh, in life. And you say, okay, what's next? But I, I say that as we step back and we do a quick evaluation of our lives and what God is doing, that we don't miss an opportunity to properly express our gratitude for what God has done for us over the last 10 to 12 months as we get ready to roll into a new Thanksgiving. There's a great example in the Bible, and I don't know if the screen is back up, but it is, and can we show some uh, love and appreciation for our tech guys for getting it? They're hard at work making it happen. What's missing? Luke chapter 17, verse 15 is where we're going to launch from. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up because I believe that God has something to say about the importance of gratitude and he's going to speak to us through this passage of scripture in Luke chapter 17. We're almost there, guys. That wasn't on Thanksgiving Day, so just... We're almost there. Luke 17. And it says in Luke 17, before we get to 15, that Jesus is, is, is making his way back into Jerusalem. And then he's walking along the border, through the border, Galilee and, and, and Samaria. And you've got to understand that at this point, as we get to 15, that there has been miracle after miracle after miracle that has taken place. So that as Luke is writing in his recording, for those that are not familiar with Luke, Luke was a physician. So whenever Luke is writing, he's a very detailed individual. He's a person of high intellect. And so he will put things in that passage of scripture that you need to pay close attention to. He's a great, great author. Gives us uh, the book of Luke as well as Acts. And so Luke is writing here. And he's telling this story of Jesus making his way back into Jerusalem. He can, begins to enter into a village. And as he enters into the village, not only is Jesus making his way, but there are others, there's an entourage, there's a following, others that are Christ followers that are waiting for that next miracle. Man, there is a buzz in the air, and he's making his way through. And from a distance... There's a colony of lepers, those that have been stricken with a, a, an awful skin disease, what we all know as leprosy. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone uh, close up with leprosy. I know that it is still rampant in various parts of the world, but here in America, I, I don't know that I've ever experienced it or seen it with someone. But leprosy, that they're, they're standing there and they're calling out to Jesus. They've been sent there. They've already, they've been sent there by the priest because they've gone to the priest. He's examined them. He's put them into quarantine and said, okay, well, let's give it a few days, see what happens. And if it didn't clear up, that they would then be pushed off into this community. 
And that was the picture that you were seeing on the screen just a few minutes ago, that there was a white splotch on the skin, and that's the, the initial stages, the beginning stages of leprosy. And that that would be, then begin to progress even to uh, where the flesh was beginning to decay, that there was such a stench that limbs would begin to fall off, fingers would begin to fall off, and that's what you had. And so you had a group of, of men. It says that there were 10 men that had all come together and that they're calling out to Jesus. They, they've gotten word of this incredible thing that has been happening, uh, this one that is making his way through communities. Healings are taking place. Thousands of people are being fed. Things are transpiring. Life change is taking place. And here's their opportunity that they begin to yell out with a great sense of urgency, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And then it was the group of ten, and they continued, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And that Jesus turns and responds to them, doing exactly what the law required them to do, and he still is upholding the law at this point in his ministry, and he does exactly what he's supposed to do, and he says, go and present yourself to the priest. Because it's the priest that then signs off and gives you to permission to be able to come back into community to say that you have been cleansed. And so that's what's transpiring. That's what's taking place. And then in verse 15, where we're going to pick up tonight, it says that one of them, when he saw that he was healed, said that he came back and he began to what? He began to praise God in what? What kind of voice? In a loud voice. That all embarrassment was gone, all shame was gone, that he had realized that something had happened, that he now was healed, that the splotches were gone, possibly fingers had been restored, limbs have all of a sudden miraculously appeared, and it brings him back to where he says, Jesus... Once again, just moments before, days before, he's calling out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us to where now, Jesus, Master, I have been healed. I have been cleansed with a great voice. Years and years and years ago, when I was much younger than I am now, we had an opportunity to worship as a family at First Assembly on Main Street. How many of you remember worshiping at First Assembly on Main Street? And I'll never forget sitting in the balcony as a young person, a young kid. And a young kid, man, and I'm looking down into the balcony, and really cool, I'm thinking, man, this is cool. I'm down, looking down, man. And there was a guy that was in the center, center aisle, I'll never forget it. And his name was Brother Glover. I don't know if you remember Brother Glover, but man, whenever he worshiped, man, you could hear him in the house. It was a, it was a large church for that day, and you would hear him yell back, Hallelujah! I don't know if you remember that. Hallelujah! As a young kid, I didn't remember, I, I, I didn't quite understand, I should say, what, what was going on, what was transpiring, but my focus was on Brother Glover in that center aisle, and if you were in front of him, you better get out of the way, because you never know what might happen. But he would yell, hallelujah! And in that moment, now, today, the hallelujah was because of life change 
that had happened in his life. I don't know his story, but at any moment, he would just explode with just an expression of gratitude and say, Hallelujah! And this leper is shouting out, Jesus! Master! I praise you and I worship you for who you are. There is life change that is taking place. And that the passage of Scripture clearly is showing us that we have an opportunity through this next seven days, this Thanksgiving season, to become vocal with our praise, to begin to verbalize what God has done in our lives and what he's doing right now and to be able to reflect back and say, I remember five years ago when my marriage was almost destroyed. And I want to come back one more time. I did, man. I gave it my all. I praised God. But he, how many of you know that he's still worthy of praise today, that we can lift our voice? Even though something transpired a year or two years ago, we can come to the altar and we'll have a moment in, in just a few moments when Pastor Randy comes out and we'll begin to sing and we'll have that opportunity to lift our voice on a Wednesday night. We'll be able to come back on a Sunday morning and be able to explode with great praise and recognize God for who he is. It says that he continued that he came and he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and began to praise him. And here's one of those moments that Luke writes down. He says, Annie was a Samaritan. What an awkward moment, man. He says right there, Annie was a Samaritan. He throws himself at Jesus' feet and praises Jesus, and then Luke adds on, Annie was a Samaritan. That in this moment, the Samaritan, the one that had been healed, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't care what his position was in community. The reason Luke puts that is because he's saying, man, here's a guy that was half Jew, half Gentile. He's called a Samaritan. He's not really fully, fully Jew, but yet he's, he's coming and he's throwing himself at the feet of Jesus. And we have that same opportunity. We will in just a few minutes whenever I say, please stand with me tonight and we'll begin to reflect. Some of those moments are beginning to, to come back to your memory right now as I'm kind of making my way through the message and you're saying, man, God has done an incredible work in my life, in my family. He has restored my marriage. Uh, I'm no longer struggling like I have with alcohol. And you're going to have that moment in just a moment to where you just give total disregard to self-awareness and you, you'll have that moment and for some of you, it's just simply, man, if I get to my feet, that's, a, that's an action step for me. Some of you may say, man, I'm going right here and I've got my hand and I'm going to praise God right now. I'm going to show incredible gratitude right now. Some of you may say, man, you know what? I'm going all in and I'm going to raise two hands right here. And that's a big step for you. And that's okay. Some of you are going to have in just a few moments as we enter into a, another worship song, some of you are going to lift them up because you begin to say, man, I know that I was lost, but now I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm okay. I don't care who sees me or who's watching me or that I'm not a part of a certain tribe. I'm going to praise the one that has healed me. Then it says that Jesus asked the question. That passage of Scripture that Jesus asked were there not ten 
where are the other nine? Is there no one else who has returned to give thanks, to give praise to God, except for who? Except for this foreigner. That in that moment when he's having that encounter with the leper where he says all the distance has been erased. There is no separation anymore from your Redeemer. You can come and you can rest at my feet. I accept you. And in that moment, he's saying, man, Jesus has an awareness. Say, hey, I look, I'm, I'm an all-knowing God. I see everything. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There were ten in that group. Where are the other nine? Where are the other guys? Where, where are they at? I, I think that we can see in that passage of Scripture that there is an expectation that God has for his people when he begins to move in our situation, when he begins to move in our lives, he desires to answer the prayers of his children, but it's clearly seen in this passage of Scripture, were there not ten, where are the other nine? The only one that's come back is the foreigner who hasn't had the privilege of the Jews of experiencing what it means to be in a full house of worship, being raised in those moments where we make those sacrifices and that we worship God. But here's one that's a foreigner. And I think it's in that moment that Jesus is communicating, you guys, you nine, you know better. You know better. I desire to do more than you could ever imagine, that could ever enter into your mind, that you could ever conceive. It's interesting, just yesterday, I was with a group of people, and there's a couple that got married. I had no idea that they got married. Seen them together, walking together. It's a seasoned couple, not a young couple, but seasoned couple. And it just brought great joy to my heart, to my life. You know, I've watched them, I've seen them kind of hanging out, getting to know one another. Now they're married. And I went to her, I said, man, I am so happy for you. I believe from everything that I can see, God has, has blessed you with a great husband. And she looked back and she says, God has given me more than I could ever imagine, could ever think that he would have brought back into my life at this stage in my life. And I get to finish my life with this man. God is good. And for some of you, that's where you're at in this season. That God is showing you, is pouring blessing upon you. Some of you are standing at that line right now in an hour of desperation. And before the miracle even comes, before the, the prayer is ever answered, you're stepping to the line and you're recognizing Jesus for who he is, the redeemer, the restorer, and the life giver. Amen. What do we do? What do we do as we move forward over the next seven days? We're rolling into Thanksgiving. Cool weather's right around the corner. Sales start tomorrow. 
I think that we step back and we say, man, what's missing? Am I missing an opportunity to show just proper gratitude to my heavenly Father? Maybe that's through a a moment of just a written word where you're beginning to express, man, God, thank you. Thank you for redeeming me. Man, God, you knew where I you knew where I was at two years ago, down and out, but now I look back over the last 24 months, and you, you have set me on a new path. It may be you here in just a few minutes when Pastor Randy comes and you say, you know what? My first step, my first step as we enter into this Thanksgiving season, I'm going to make sure that I lift my hands. I'm going to make my way down to this altar where I came and I presented my request to God. But you know what? Now that I look back on it, I never really returned back to present myself and to lift my hands in great exaltation for what God did in my life. So you know what? My first step as we enter into the next seven days, I'm going to make my way down to this altar and I'm just going to begin to exalt the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's what we're going to do for just a a few minutes. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what Thanksgiving is going to look like if we just take some time over the next seven days and we begin to make our way around the table and we begin to express gratitude for what God has done? The last picture I want to show you before Randy comes and he leads us into a worship song. The last picture right here. That's my new grandson, J-Day. Judah James, two weeks old today. I haven't haven't really been able to embrace that guy. The day will come soon. Kelly's flying out Friday. I'm jealous. I'm not going with her. I said, don't you steal all my sugar now. You know, that's my grandson. We went into the hospital on Tuesday thinking she was going to deliver. She finally, Brittany delivers, our our newest daughter, delivers on Wednesday night, two weeks ago. And so for all of Tuesday, all of Wednesday, I'm sitting down in a waiting room area that's for the NICU. And for probably 90% of that time, I was the only one there. There was no one else in that area. It was just a quiet area. Kelly and Brittany and Chloe and, and, and Teresa, they're in the, the labor and delivery room, and I'm, I have no desire to be back there. I said, hey, just come let me know when he, when he arrives. I'm all good right out here. I'm all good. Like, no, come on in. No, seriously, I'm all good right over here. So he's delivered on Wednesday. I go to the room, I get the text, hey, he's here, he's born. And the next thing I know, the door opens, and here comes Judah, fully encased incubator, face mask over, tubes running everywhere. And I just hear, And there's three or four people around this thing, and they're reaching through the little holes in the side. And there goes my grandson. And I make my way back to the NICU all by myself. God, I don't know what's going on, but I know that you're the one that created him. 
And because you created him, you can bring healing to his body right now. So in the name of Jesus, I stand upon your word and I ask for healing to take place. And the hours begin to pass and begin to go on. And the word comes that he's beginning to improve, but yet they're going to continue to monitor him. And so we were waiting for just little piece by little piece by little piece to be removed. And it was, and we were finally able to go in on a Friday and to hold him, still having a few tubes attached to him, but really able to hold him. And so this Thanksgiving, man, I'm grateful for my whole family. I love my kids, my other grandson, Colby. And to know that Judah's going to be all right, he's 100% healthy. And I believe he's 100% healthy because God once again intervened into my situation. And so this Thanksgiving, I can shout hallelujah. And I can raise my hands and say, God, thank you. Thank you once again. And God has that same same miracle waiting for you, that same answered prayers right around the corner. Don't wait. Sometimes it takes, if you look at the passage of Scripture, Jesus didn't say, hey, you're healed. He said, go present yourself to the priest. And somewhere from where they were standing to where they began to walk to the priest, that that healing began to happen. And that very well could be for you tonight, that as Pastor Randy gets ready to lead us in the team and they're going to do a marvelous job, that may be you in the house. That all that's being said is, man, hey, step forward, get to the altar, begin to have a spirit of, of, of gratitude before the miracle even comes. Before the answered prayer even comes, get to the altar and show some gratitude for the one that has already answered past prayers, that has already shown up in your life in a great way. Just begin to move. So I'm going to ask that you stand with me tonight. Pastor Randy's getting ready to sing. And whatever you feel led to do, whatever God is prompting you to do, you begin to do that because he is worthy of all praise and glory and honor. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! How He filled me with the Holy Ghost. How He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around. How He placed my feet on solid ground. When I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost.
change you've yet to make that decision to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and as we enter into the Thanksgiving season I can't think of a more perfect way than for the greatest miracle to take place the greatest miracle to transpire so if you're watching online or if you're in the house tonight with a simple prayer right now in this very moment you can ask for your sins to be forgiven and that you can recognize Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that you can ask that God make you a new creature. And we believe that if you say that prayer, and just those few words of recognizing Jesus as Lord and Savior, that your life will be changed forever, that you are a new creature, and that you'll have something to be grateful for, and you can give great gratitude to God. So if that's you tonight, say that prayer. I pray tonight for everyone that's in the house. I pray, God, that we will step back over the next seven days, Lord, and that we will do a, take an evaluation of our lives, Father, and begin to examine those moments that you have shown up in a great way. Lord, that we want to step back and say, we don't want to miss an opportunity. We don't want to miss an opportunity to show gratitude in the, in the proper way, in an explosive way to God, because you are good. I pray, Father, that that would be our heart, God, because there's life change that has taken place in all of us. I pray now blessing and favor upon everyone that's in the house. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's what I can tell you. The girls' ministry has, uh, is partnered with us tonight. And as you make your way out of the sanctuary, everyone's going to receive candy corn. I know it seems a little crazy, a little corny, but hey, over the next seven days, you hold on to this packet. And every time that you see it, whether you put it in your pocket, whether you put it on the dash of your car, begin to say, man, let me be reminded of how good my God is. Let me take this day and begin to show great gratitude for this one specific thing in my life. And when we come back on the campus a week from tonight, that we can again lift our voices, we can lift our hands, and we can thank God for what he's done in our midst. Amen. Can you get your hands together tonight and show some love and appreciation for our Heavenly Father? Yes. Thank you for being here. God bless. I hope you have a blessed week, and we'll see you on Sunday. Amen.